TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Dallas Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy not attending the scouting combine in person. Hey, welcome to the show, Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. Now, Perloff, to be fair to Mike McCarthy, he's not the only one. There's a lot of coaches yeah. who are not going to the scouting combine. Matt LaFleur is one of them. Robert Sala is one of them. Kyle Shanahan didn't go last year. Yeah. I'm not sure about this year. So this is not anything about Mike McCarthy. He's, <sighs> he's not the only one who's missing the combine. I just want to make that clear. However, if I were Mike McCarthy, I would have gotten my butt on a plane to Indianapolis. And here's why. He's on the hot seat. So is Robert Sala, by the way. But he's on the hot seat. I mean, you are going into this season uh, in the last year of your contract with no contract extension. You just had an epic, horrible, awful home loss to the Green Bay Packers. How could you ever think that you don't need to go to the scouting combine? Your boss is Jerry Jones. He's going to be at the scouting combine. They're going to have the big bus out there, the coach bus Perloff. We always see it with the big Dallas star on the outside. Yep. It's parked right outside the Indianapolis uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. And I would want to be glued in the hip pocket of my boss if I was on the hot seat like Mike McCarthy is. I, I think this is the best move Mike McCarthy's made in a long time. What does Mike McCarthy get in the same paragraph as Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, and <laughs> Kyle Shanahan? This is the most modern thing Mike McCarthy has ever done because this. I think McVay started this trend because the Combine is stupid in a sense. I love the combine. But any team that is evaluating players based on these drills are morons. And I think if you're more likely to make a mistake based on these drills than actually evaluate a player accurately. You have to look at the game tape. And I think not being influenced by what's happening in the combine probably makes you a better drafting team. Because we all it's it's 2024. We know the game tape is so much more important than any drills and shorts. I think you can be overly influenced by what happens at the combine. And I think it's smart to hang back, but it's all on tape anyway. It's not like you're missing anything. So I, I like this trend. And I think the fact that Shanahan and McVeigh are doing it is very, very important. Okay. And they are the gold standard right now. Well, I guess to Mike McCarthy's credit, he's actually won more Super Bowls than Kyle Shanahan. So he deserves to be in a different class. However, no, you act that is a fact, but that is inaccurate. <laughs> Well, so here, I think Sean McVay didn't go because their team had an F them picks mentality that they were proud of that they printed T-shirts about. So maybe they thought, ah, why am I going to the combine when we don't pick until the third round? Anyone that we want, we can bring in for a workout. We're not going to be any, we're not going to sniff the first two rounds of the draft. So why are we at the combine? The second thing is the drills are not what anyone's there to do. Really? You're right. Those can be on tape. You can get that anywhere. It's the interviews, isn't it? Isn't it the interviews? Yeah. Isn't it being there for the sort of any kind of wheeling and dealing that goes behind the scenes? Don't you want to see where your general manager is forming the opinions about these guys? Don't and and being in the room with somebody is a different vibe than being on Zoom. Yeah, but it's speed dating at the combine. Guys come in and out of the room. 
I just think that again, I think you're you're in danger of making a mistake. You make a bias based on those little interviews that does not help your over, overall draft process. Okay, but the, but the Cowboys brass is going to be there. Jerry's there. They're the ones who are ultimately making the decision. If I'm Mike McCarthy, I want to at least feel like I was in the room for any of this stuff. I, I don't. I don't think Mike McCarthy should be spending his time there. The coaching time is very valuable right now. You're evaluating players. You're evaluating evaluating your own roster. If McVay and Shanahan are not going to be there, forget it. I, I think there is something very important about this. The Rams have made these great draft picks by not being there. I, I think you can get some distance from the process and be a better evaluator, ironically. I think being at the Combine gives you some bad ideas because there have been so many mistakes made where, I don't know, like Johnny Manziel went in and wowed the Jaguars is a famous Combine story. That's all fake. The combine's fake. It's an all-star event. It's not real in that sense. And I, I think that teams have to be a little careful about the combine and dig way, way, way deeper than whatever they're going to learn in Indianapolis. Well, they do. I think for I, I think they do, especially for the high picks. I think you're talking. You're going back to their college campus. You're going back to their hometown. You can't just talk to the high school coach and the college coach and say, "All right, my work here is done." Yeah, I, yeah. I saw draft day. I know yeah. that they didn't go to the quarterback's <laughs> birthday party. I understand. You got to get it all. So here's the thing, though. All none of the GMs are skipping the combine, right? So what is Mike McCarthy essentially? The coaches are skipping it, but the GMs are not. So they're still going to get influenced, you know, whether it's positively or negatively by seeing these guys in person. The other part of this, too, is you don't have to speak to the media. You don't have to do the press conference. And yeah, I like that. Well, but, That's a great idea for Mike McCarthy. No, but I'm just saying, if I'm Mike McCarthy, don't I want to present as if I'm still one of the faces of this organization. Ooh, you're I mean, there, there are 32 coaches who would kill to get out of that interview. They hate that interview. Okay, but you know what? Mike McCarthy is pretty seasoned at this. You know, I don't. He's not that impressive in interviews. But I'm just saying, for somebody who's on the hot seat, I would want to go in and and at least publicly show, hey, I still have something to do with this organization. I'm still part of this organization. I'm still out front. I'm still the. I'm still one of the faces. I can still speak for this organization. It's not just about the draft, too. I mean, for the Cowboys specifically, I know we talk about this, you know, it feels like every offseason, but the whole Dak Prescott contract thing has not happened yet. Yeah. And, and you want Mike McCarthy on the podium <laughs> dealing with this issue? If I'm Mike McCarthy's agent, I say, you stay home. Do not. How is Mike McCarthy going to answer these very difficult questions? I don't want to go up there and try and uh, speak to what Micah Parsons has been saying and answer the whole Dak thing. I would just avoid that. It's called leadership. It's called leadership. It's and a press conference. There's, it's a no-win situation. How about this? He could go out there and have an opportunity to say, you know what? I don't... I, I told my players, hey, get this under control. We can't have your family members out here, you know, talking about teammates. And after a tough loss, we don't need you to be exacerbating this. How about this? I told them this. That's really what your job is. You're the head coach. I told them this. I suggested to them this. You know, let's try to keep a little of this more close to the vest. I told Micah Parsons this. This is the type of leader I'm going to be expecting you to be next season. Like, what, why wouldn't you fight? In, in your for your job in this way. Why would you want to give the media anything in this sense? And why would you want to make Micah Parsons mad for no reason? Just avoid the whole thing. I don't think you make him mad. And if I he think... came out and said that I told Micah Parsons, don't do this, that, or the other thing, yeah, of course it would make Micah Parsons mad. Okay, but don't you think that, wouldn't he actually be saying that behind the scenes? Don't you hope that he's saying that behind the scenes? Micah Parsons is, what, three years into his career? For the head coach to go to him and say, listen, man, we need you uh, a we can't have you spilling our secrets or spilling the tea or whatever you want to say 
criticizing the team. We want to keep all that in-house. You don't think that Mike McCarthy should have the agency to say something like that to Mike to Michael Parsons? I would say there are a few exceptions in life uh, when you're a football coach. Generally, yes, you don't want your players saying anything to the media. But I don't think Mike McCarthy's saying anything to Micah Parsons. It's kind of like LT who had a free pass with the New York Giants. Micah, <laughs> people were afraid that LT was going like, to their know. heads off. You got to resign Micah Parsons. I understand in theory, yes, of course you want the coach to hold him accountable. But the reality is some stars are above accountability, and Micah Parsons is probably one of those. Okay, we're talking about Mike McCarthy. He's not the only head coach who's not going to the combine, but he's one of them. And I think that's weird because he's on the hot seat. You know, I would want to be out there front-facing. Hey, I this, I this is still my job. I still want it. I want to be answering questions. I want to be out here, you know, with the, the rest of the decision makers uh, from the Dallas Cowboys, like I'm, I'm putting my, my input in, um, but, know, uh, this but guys the, knows a lot of football. We, we make it seem like this is Nick Sirianni where the, the media comes in at the end of the yeah. season and asks him, what do you do around here? I mean, that's the worst <laughs> place you want to be. But Nick Sirianni is a classic case of terrible at the podium, had one of the worst introductory press conferences of all time and made the Super Bowl in his second year. So th- what happens at the podium is a different thing. That being said, McCarthy, all that he's going to be judged on is winning. It doesn't matter if he's the greatest front-facing coach of all time. If he loses in the playoffs again, he's out, right? So who I don't cares? know. I thought he was going to be out this year. So maybe he's not actually being well, judged on winning. I, I think that he, now his seat is even hotter. He did win. He won 12 games. It yeah. doesn't, has nothing to do with his uh, presentation. I think this is a, there's so much pressure on him to win. So why? what's the gain from him being in India and answering tough questions that going to make him look, look bad? He's in a no-win situation there with some of those topics. Okay, but if you can't trust your head coach to handle 10 minutes with the media at the scouting combine. Mike McCarthy, he has no chance in that interview. He would just totally screw it up. Mike McCarthy, the guy who admitted he lied about watching all the tape the year he was off, you know he couldn't handle this. At that point, he was doing whatever it took to get a job. Where'd that guy go? Now all of a sudden, he's going to sit back in Dallas and not... not Oh, this is the best thing that happened. This is the first solid move the Cowboys have made this offseason. I love it. 855-212-4CBS. Big Easy is in New Orleans. Look at our show. We got a Big Easy, we've got a Big Friendly, and we have a Big Dave. We're Good larger, morning. We're larger than life. What's up, Big Easy? How are you? Good morning, uh, Maggie and Perloff. I, I I just wanted to give you a little taste of what I was thinking. Um, sure. I believe you're right, Maggie, and I think uh, you're slightly wrong, uh, Perloff, by a little. Um, uh, McCarthy is Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, his boss is going to get whatever he wants, <laughs> and that's as simple as that. Uh, that He has no say-so on it. He, he doesn't get to pick the, uh, the groceries, you know? And that, uh, and as far as uh, McVay goes, he really doesn't have a boss. He can he's going to get whatever he chooses. So it's ooh, I don't really know about bad that. Examples. Les Snead uh, and McVay work hand in hand. Les Snead is in all those videos of the great draft picks. He's right there. Well, that's my point. You know, he doesn't need to be there. You know, these are two bad examples. Now the rest of the uh, other was it thirty teams? Yeah, they should be there. But uh, this is two bad examples. They, they they're going to pick what they want and. I just want to say y'all have one of the best shows going. I listen every morning, and and I, and I appreciate what, everything y'all say. Oh, man. Good morning to y'all, and I'll talk to y'all later. Big Easy, thanks. Don't be a stranger. Appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, if you really trust and you have a really good relationship, coach and GM, but, like, Kyle Shanahan might not be there. He wasn't there a couple of years ago. I still think Kyle Shanahan is a really heavy hand in making the pick. Yeah, of course. Right. But I, I think McVeigh and Snead and Shanahan and Lynch, those are great symbiotic GM coach relationships. 
uh, really good. I there was this video out, the viral video of how they drafted Puka Nakua, and Snead and McVeigh work unbelievably well together. They've been great in late round picks. So the other thing, he's absolutely right. Do you think Mike McCarthy has any say in this pick? Yeah. I don't know who's making the picks for the Cowboys, by the way, because they don't seem like Jerry Jones picks either. They've made nothing but interior lineman picks for the last five years. <laughs> They're a strange franchise. They're actually very conservative drafting. They don't have any of the Jerry hyper glitz. To be honest, they've been really conservative in free agency too. Yeah, I mean, I mean they're actually a smart team belly. That's how you win 12 games every year. And to be honest, yes, and, and that's why we're critical of the Cowboys because Jerry running to every microphone he can find aside, you know, a pretty well-run team. I mean, yeah, yeah. they win a lot of games. There is something missing, but though. Something's missing. In the ownership format there. They, it's it's hard to win a title when your owner is actually hands-on on the football team. That's the way it's always worked. So there's something wrong, but they have made... I think that they've pushed Jerry to the side. Uh, I think it's big. I, I don't think Jerry wanted Mozzie Smith last year, for example. Well, then we got the great Mozzie Smith storage uh, yeah. container <laughs> story from last yeah. week. He didn't pay for his storage container, allegedly, and someone else bought it and got a Michigan playbook yeah. and all of his jerseys and clothes. And, and a million Legos. Shoes, and for some reason, a lot of Legos for uh-huh. that guy. Hey, but, everyone needs a hobby. The famous one was obviously Jerry wanted Johnny Manziel, and somebody convinced him to take Zach Martin, and that sort of helped the Cowboys rebuild their team and become really good. Yeah, but so, it hasn't been all winners for the Cowboys. Been a lot Clay of good draft stuff like that. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean they they took C.D. Lamb at eighteen. That was a great draft pick. They've made a lot of really good draft picks. They the guard out of Tulsa or tackle out of Tulsa, Tyler Smith is yep. awesome. I, they've been a really smart drafting team, and I don't I don't think Jerry's making the call. I don't know who it is. Will McCall is the executive there. Maybe Steven. he's Steven. But I know it's not Mike McCarthy. I know he's not <laughs> making these draft picks. Well, the other part is we had the idea that maybe they're telling Jerry that the draft is actually on Wednesday. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that the draft, they tell him it's draft day when it's Wednesday. They come in for Thursday, and they convince him it's the second round. Yes, EJ. No, I was just going to say that that would make a lot of sense in terms of why the Cowboys have been so smart in that first round. The one thing I thought, too, when you look at someone like McCarthy who's on the hot seat or someone like Robert Sala who's also on the hot seat, me as a Jet fan, my first thought when I heard this that he also was not going. He has not gone gone and gone. I I mean, I sound like Big Easy now. Uh, Gone in four years. My first thought was, well, why the hell isn't he going? At the same time, I think it's like, well, look, Robert Silas fighting for his job, you know, bare knuckle at this point. I mean, the way the media is on him, the way he's talking to, you know, WFN callers or rather listeners or, or host, like maybe it's not that important. Like if Robert Sala and Mike McCarthy, of all the coaches who desperately need a great season to keep their jobs or not going, then why should I be upset? Like it, yeah. it clearly can't be that important, right? No, it's the best. McCarthy to be lumped with McVay and Shanahan is an incredible achievement for him because his offense does not look like McVay or Shanahan to me. <laughs> I, I think, I, I think, Mag, we've talked about this a million times. You're more likely to make a mistake off of what you see in Indy if you judge the stuff in shorts too much okay. and you ignore the t- game tape. And I just think you're human. If you're in Indy and there's all this hype around a prospect, you might be influenced by that. This isn't what you guys are misunderstanding me. Why I think this is a mistake for Mike McCarthy. It's not about what Mike McCarthy is going to see at the combine. It's what people are at the combine are going to see from McCarthy. He's there. I'm representing the Cowboys hot seat. My ass. 
I'm here. I'm answering questions. I'm up in front. I'm part of this organization, too. I'll hold my head up. Yes, we had this awful, devastating loss. I'm not tucking my tail between my legs. I'm not staying back in Dallas. Well, we got games to win, and we've got people to add to this roster. And the combine isn't just about three-cone drill and stuff. We know that. We've been to this. It's, it's basically an NFL convention without the hoopla of the Super Bowl. And you really get to meet with people, talk with people. Dak Prescott's agents, whether he's involved in it or not, again, it's not what he's seeing. It's people seeing him, you know, and and knowing that he's yeah. still a, a really big member of the franchise. That's what I would do if I were Mike McCarthy and I were on the hot seat. Yeah, you're an NFL coach. Get to work on what you do. Do not. I don't want you sitting around talking to agents. You're you have a lot of work to do because honestly, your offense could be a little more creative. I, I want you studying tape and figuring out a plan. How are we going to get the run game back? I do not need you talking to Micah Parsons' agents. That has nothing to do with Mike McCarthy's Again, job. I just want Micah Parsons' agents to see me there, lockstep, walking through these corridors with Jerry Jones. When someone comes on the bus and is having the Johnny Walker blue with Jerry, I want them pouring me a glass. I just want to be there, and and it's an optics thing. That That's all I'm saying. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. I'm sorry, did I say Johnny Walker black? Yes. It's blue. Yeah. How dare I make that mistake? Who knows what a black tastes like? Uh, black's pretty expensive, too. Well, yeah. I don't know the, the levels. Red, the, the red is a cheap. They, I saw the movie American Fiction uh, with Jeffrey Wright, and they do a big thing on Johnny Walker red versus blue versus black. What's what's the order it goes in? I think it's know? red, black, blue, right? It's a green, too. So they were explaining that uh, blue costs, what, uh, 150 a bottle? Got it. But you make they make all their money on red, the cheap stuff. Oh, got it. So... The point is, uh, yeah, Johnny Walker, yes, everyone talks about Johnny Walker Blue, but 90% of their profits is the cheap stuff. I'm sure. So you, you Jerry's know. probably brushing his teeth with it. Yeah, 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 I think he pretends to drink blue, but probably drinks red. <laughs> they, like, swap it out depending on who he's uh, taking a meeting with. Do you it, remember when Dean Blandino, the head of officials, went on that Cowboys bus and it was such a huge deal? <laughs> was he the head of officials? He was still the, the head of officials at the time, and everyone made such a big deal of it. To me, that it, the Cowboys bus should be a rite of passage. I think everybody, they should do tours of it. I'm so <laughs> curious what's going on there. That is a, the, one of the great NFL symbols is the Cowboys bus. No, my favorite is the Cowboy yacht, actually, is Jerry's yacht that they did the, the pandemic uh, the pandemic draft. They were all on the yacht. Oh, I love that. And that was had, great. Imagine this, just like the optics of this. You're on a yacht. Who knows how big this thing is? It's, I'm, I'm sure it's massive. It's worth millions. And they put up a big Salvation Army sign on it. Oh, like, God. Good job. Good effort. <laughs> 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Coming up, we give our bold predictions for the scouting combine. We'll do that next. You're welcome to weigh in on Mike McCarthy. He's on the hot seat. So is this a mistake for him to be staying back in Dallas and not going to the scouting combine in Indy? I say yes. Perloff says no. 855-212-4227. Back on Maggie and Perloff. Big debate here. Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys coach, is not going to the combine. I say that is the best news Cowboys fans could hear all day. <laughs> Maggie says he should be there representing the franchise. I don't want my coach really looking at these prospects up close. The classic, classic draft mistake is a coach sees a great athlete and says, I can coach him up better than what he was in college. And then they ignore the game tape and rarely ends up working out. So I keep Mike McCarthy in Dallas, say, Mike, here's a project. Go look at these old. In fact, 
I'm sorry, and this says a lot about my view of Mike McCarthy. I want Mike McCarthy to have a very light touch on whatever happens with the Cowboys this offseason. He's off the season. head coach. I understand that. I understand that. And he, he can run a nice West Coast offense, but I don't know that I want him picking my players this year. Let's go to the phones. 855-212-4CBS. Stewart's in North Carolina. Good morning, Stewart. What do you think about Mike McCarthy? Hi, guys. Good show. Well, here's my opinion. I think there's only one thing that matters for Mike McCarthy, and that is, does he win starting this fall? If he wins... He could be the biggest doofus in the history of press conferences, and it won't matter. If he goes 13-3 and three and wins the Super Bowl, he'll be the coach of the Cowboys for a number of years to come. And if he, does, if he goes 9-8 and eight missing the playoffs, he won't. Look, the biggest jerk in the history of press conferences in the National Football League is Bill Belichick. And you think Patriots fans cared about that? Not one iota as long as they won. So Mike McCarthy just has to win. That's the only thing that matters for a head coach in the National Football League. Stuart, Great I show as always. Appreciate you. And, and yes, you're absolutely right, although I don't even know if Mike McCarthy winning in the playoffs actually does matter because he got his job this year after a devastating loss at home to the Packers. If you're not going to lose it after this uh, season, maybe you have the job for life. They were 12-5. We and five. No, they, they weren't 5-12. and 12. They were t- How many coaches who win 12 games are fired in the NFL? No, not that many, Perloff, but there's also a difference between where different teams are at yeah. and what it takes to win games in the regular season versus what it takes to win games yeah, in the playoffs. And, I'm well aware. Yeah, right. So, that, so in that case, I think he is only judged, like Stewart said, in the playoffs. And here's what I'm saying about why Mike McCarthy should be at the Combine is not because of what he's going to see. It's who's going to see him. You're in the hot seat. I want to at least project and look like I'm still a pillar of this franchise, whether it's to the fan base or whether it's to the players. I want to be there lockstep with Jerry Jones. I want to, I'm I'm on his Mm. hip, you know, Hey, he's making decisions and I'm right there along with him. Uh, yeah. it, yes. I just think all these cool young coaches are skipping it. I just read Mike McDonald, the new Seahawks coach, skipping it. McVay, Shanahan. I mean, McCarthy, this is the hippest thing he's ever done as a head coach. <laughs> I mean, Wearing pajamas at Jerry's house. So yeah, he's, he's basically walking around saying, yeah, me and uh, Kyle Shanahan, same, same. What does he get to do that? He certainly doesn't get to do that during the season when you watch both offenses. And I kind of like McCarthy, but he's no Kyle Shanahan. Well, I mean, he does have a Super Bowl ring. Uh and Kyle Shanahan does not. Andrew Bogus is here with headlines. Hello. Guys, hello again. So we like to promote violence on this show. Fans yep. running over players, <laughs> players punching, cord storming fans, and always NBA player on NBA player crime. The Heat and Pelicans had a good little scrap on Friday night, which began when Zion was escorted to the floor by Kevin Love, I believe. Uh, the league has now handed out its justice. Five players suspended including one game for Jimmy Butler, which head coach Eric Spolstra thinks is one game too many. Butler having fun with the punishment, posting a bad boys meme with him and Nikola Jovic instead of Will Smith and Mark Lawrence. (laughs) You know, I could see this. We laugh, and this is, you know, whatever. This wasn't serious. But is this the thing that sort of galvanizes the heat? 
You know what usually galvanizes them? It's called the playoff star. Right? <laughs> well, I'm just April. saying, <laughs> is this the thing? Because we're, you know, we're post-All-Star break now. Is this where the Heat start getting a little bit dangerous? I actually said this to EJ the other day. I'm, we, EJ said the Heat are not a threat like they usually are this year. I'm like, wait to the playoffs. It does not matter. I don't care if Caleb Martin or whoever is there. They'll find a way. <laughs> I do, I'm just not afraid of this Heat team this year. I think this is different. Yeah. Oh, think, EJ. I, I'm don't do you. it. Don't do I'm, it. I'm telling you. They don't, have, they, don't, they don't have the same kind of depth. Um, Tyler, yeah, they, Tyler, Tyler they had a six foot three power forward last year. They had no depth at all last year. Really. No, they had a lot of good players on that team, which is why two of those guys went and got big money other places. And, and they're they terrible in those other places. <laughs> right, but they didn't replace them. They didn't replace them with anybody. That's the problem. They played good for the Heat. Well, for, they got Jaime Hawkins. They playing somewhere else. They got Jaime Hawkins. Hawkins is really good, and that's one guy. And that's the guy that he drafted. But they do this every year. On paper, they don't look like they're going to be a playoff threat. And, Maggie, you've been watching this. Then all of a sudden, they emerge. Well, what's funny to me about this is, Bogus, how'd you put it? That Kevin Love escorted Zion Williamson to the ground. So he bear hugs him as he's going up for a putback and kind of like gentle. Seems kind of gentle in slow motion, lays him down. And then I think the funniest part about this is everyone starts fighting, and Kevin Love is nowhere near this thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Smart. Yeah, Kevin Love's like me. Old men cannot get involved with those straps. <laughs> He's yeah. like, I'm, Kevin, I got to save this all for the playoffs. Yeah, and Kevin Love is probably on like a veteran minimum contract. He's, you know, I know he's got plenty in the bank, but he's trying, he's not kind of trying to give away money. He's bad right. enough. He got a flagrant for the, for the foul, so he can give away money for that, I guess. But at some point, we have to talk about the fact that they're playing Zion at point guard. This is. This is not good for my Pels. I'm sorry you're making me be a Piston fan, but Zion is... You are a Pistons fan. Yeah, not making you. It's happening. It's in your blood. I just so Zion is is a thing they lost to the Bull. I do not like Zion a point guard. Anyway, that's besides the point. I've even watching JJ Reddick's... uh... Oh, is JJ not into it either? (laughs) No, he was, remember, lamenting that his breakdown of the Pelicans changes with Zion only got 54,000 views where his takedown of uh, Doc Rivers got tens of millions of views. A little off on the numbers, but... (laughs) My Pels were super hot and now they're sort of starting to fade. I I don't know. Because Zion's playing point all that thing to do with it. I just think that they're not utilizing Zion Williamson. Like, his baskets are so hard. He has to, like, cut through four guys and do a whirly layup thing. Well, well, the problem with the Pels is I don't think they really ever got a true point guard. Like, CJ yeah. McCollum is not a true point guard. Yeah. And they've tried other guys at the time. Jose Alvarado was more of a defender. Like, they never got a floor general. I think that's one of the reasons why, as talented as they are, it's hard to see them make a run. Healthy or not, health has been the problem a lot for them, too. But yeah. I, I, that worries me, them not having a true point. But your Knicks have a true point guard, and they're going down in the second round just like the Pels are. Let's oh not gosh. do that. Come on now. Bogus anymore. Well, how the Sixers doing, uh, by the way? <laughs> I'll Pistons. take the Heat. They got their ass kicked I'll take the, the Heat in the East. Ago. Baggy started this off with the Heat. Yeah, we'll see in the playoffs. You're a Pistons fan now. There's yeah, no there is no playoffs for you. I know. In fact, you should be watching more court storming videos because you should be scouting <laughs> for the NBA draft. You'll be very high in this year's draft. I'm not drafting <laughs> someone out of college basketball. I'm going Europe G League, my friend. All right, a lot of, a lot of G League Ignite you'll be watching. <laughs> Uh, EJ mentioned Jose Alvarado. He and Thomas Bryant got three game bans from this fight. They both left their bench and then had their own side fight, hence the stronger uh, punishment. Uh, those Pels did play last night. Zion 11 dimes in that loss, 114-106 to the Bulls. The Pacers snapped the Mavs seven-game win streak, 133-111. And I guess we'll give last night to Chet Holmgren. Left in transition, lays it up across his body, misses. But Holmgren is there with a ferocious flush on the follow with two hands. Thunder by 11. 
11-96-85. It's the Chet Holmgren Show in Houston in this fourth quarter. Welcome to it, baby. The rookie putting on a show, a dazzling display. Anybody can do that in Houston. Matt Pinto, <laughs> Thunder Radio. Chet with 29 points, 8 rebounds, 3 blocks, 7 assists, and a 123-110 win over the Rockets. OKC's won 5 in a row, tying Minnesota for the top spot out west. Victor Webinyama, meanwhile, 22 points, 10 boards, 5 blocks in another Spurs loss. 128-109 in Utah. San Antonio has dropped 11 of 12. So, Bogus, do I have a chance here? Is uh, I like this positive chat. Home no, we and don't, we don't need calls what? like that. Yeah, what is yeah. Wemby? Wemby still seems like the front runner now because he's had great stats lately. Is Chet doing anything here? Um, you I mean, should I, know more than I should. I know. <laughs> I could Google Chet Holmgren game log, but yeah. I, I really just go by your updates. No, Chet I mean, will they, be hopping in the car with you. Not even his game log. I don't know what the the betting odds are at the moment. But what did Wemby have? The first ever five by five by five by five by five by five by five game on Friday. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Really. What a horrible stat line that is. <laughs> say what's the fifth yeah, five? <laughs> but he he said after the game he was compared to it was either. Jordan or Will or somebody said, yeah, but those guys did it in wins. I'm doing it in losses. So Ooh. even Wemby doesn't take it seriously. He's well, listening to you. So, he, and obviously what is on the line here is that if Wembenyama wins Rookie of the Year, Perloff has to drive from New York to San Antonio to apologize to him. Uh, I don't like the way those live calls are going. Also, he's not a rookie. Back to you. Shed home. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest issue with this whole thing. I think Wemby's going to win it anyway. I actually was starting to look at maps last night because... Wemby on Friday. I mean, it is unprecedented <laughs> what that dude is doing. Are you looking at the Who same maps that, yeah, that have Chicago in between here and San Antonio? <laughs> oh, I'm definitely going to Chicago. You are? Okay, good. Yeah, yeah you're not coming, Bo. No, I don't want to now. Yeah. It's, not so, a, it's like a concert No, it's not going to go in a straight line to San Antonio. Well, straight-ish would be helpful. This is a never-ending road trip. It's going to take a month. Yeah. You're going to be doing a show from your car? you like, yeah, I'm in Santa Fe here. <laughs> That's a lot of ISDN lines for people. Well, I was schedule. thinking I could Lay do it. Really like how the Jets looking pre- you know, in training camp. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it on summer break. You pass through a uh, Pistons team shop, too. <laughs> Can Kate really Cunningham be- ride with you? Yeah. No? I'm sure he's yeah, dying yeah. to do that. No, actually, a friend of mine knows Jaden Ivey. Very nice, nice young man. So I, I why, I'm, why, why I'm down with the then? What's that? Why is Monty Williams hate him then? He never plays him until uh, recently. I uh, yeah, I'm okay with the Pistons. I like my Pistons. I just that doesn't mean I can't have other teams, right, Pete? No, you have the Pistons. That's it. Detroit Rock, Rock City for you. Imagine Perloff just right, just in the car, and he's got like Lambeer and Mahorn, <laughs> Isaiah, and Ben Wallace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Perloff makes a wrong turn. Someone just That'd like throws a, a like an empty bottle at him. It's like who did that? I don't. Those guys. As long as I don't have Isaiah in the car, I'm totally down with this. I don't want Isaiah in the car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quick, guys. Women's number one, South Carolina steamrolled Kentucky 101-85, clinching their third straight SEC regular season cram. And Messi scored in the 92nd minute to get into Miami, a 1-1 tie at the LA Galaxy last night. Back to you two. By the way, Bellotti is dressed. What are you wearing? What, what would you call that? A Mets? It's called a jacket. Spring training sheet. You look like a relief <laughs> pitching coach for the Mets right now. I wish I was. They, they need it. <laughs> Why don't you jump on that? Why don't you follow my lead and pick no, a new team, no, dude? because I have pride. You don't. It'd be amazing if Pete was wearing pinstripe pants. You're pride. You're a Mets fan. Pride in what? I have pride in my team. I, I, I don't leave them while, when the going gets tough, like you. Uh, well, maybe you should. <laughs> well, he says not. this about the, he's also, he's, his team is the Phillies. Like, it'd be different yeah. if this was the Yankees or the Dodgers, like a real true, like, 
historical organization that has won multiple, multiple World Series. Philly just got good like yesterday, and now he's like, oh, you little Mets fans. Like, give me a oh, break. Oh, get out of here. EJ. The Phillies were losers for decades, bro. Are, decades. They, they that is losers, not. Yeah. That oh, is no true. Way. What are you, what are you talking, talking about? about? In 1980 was a long time ago. Then they won in 09. Right. Or 07, 30 years. Sorry. That doesn't count. 30 they years. The race. They had one bad decade, the 90s. They were they were one. They were ninety three. Okay. They made the World Series. And when did they win before eighty? It was baseball before that. You know that, right? Oh, you're giving me baseball before that. You right. you, you hadn't been bored for forty years. <laughs> I've only seen I've only seen one Phillies championship since I, I'm thirty two years old. You talk like they're the Yankees. Well, to be fair, the Yankees haven't won a while either. I've uh, seen five of those. Eight, five, I can count and unfortunately remember all of them. Eight five five two one two four CBS. It's really it's not just who do you root for. You're talking about a whole philosophical. We'd have to reimagine people out. He's entirely different person if he became a bandwagon jumper. I'm not doing that. The people out of you see before you would cease to exist if he right. became a bandwagon jumper. Or disintegrate. This is just this is loyalty personified. It's old school. Glutton for punishment. Of course. Does he, it bother you new, uh, that kids are wearing jerseys like Bogus, his son, is a Josh Allen fan? No, I don't care. I don't care. Let them wear their jerseys. I pick my team. I don't, look, if people you want, care about my team, if people want to root for players, that's a, that's a different way to approach things. That's how I do it. You know, well, no, that's not how you do it. I mean, <laughs> give me a break. You, you jump from team to team to team. I had to pick your team. You picked the Pistons. Now you want another team. Yeah, I want another team. Oh, come on. I'm a sports fan. So if you're a true sports fan, aren't you a fan of people who are good at the sport? Don't say you're rooting for everybody. Then I want to see excellence. I want to see excellence. I'm sorry. All right. You're a loser. All right. You're you're right in that category now. You are a loser. You're the dude wearing a Mets pullover, and I'm the loser? Because I have pride in my teams. (laughs) Do you see the color I'm wearing right now? Green. We've been to the Super Bowl this century, dude. I like your team. Loser. Oh, okay. Who's your football team again? The New York Jets. (laughs) Kelly Green. End the segment right there. I win. But what? <laughs> a Super Bowl. <laughs> well, you didn't win anything. <laughs> what? Did, yeah. Yes, we did it. 17. You we. win this year? No, you're a loser. loser. <laughs> right. Oh, I forgot. Everyone who didn't win is a loser. Right. <laughs> and everyone who ran the New York Marathon and didn't come in first. Losers. Big time losers. Why even try, you gym class diehards? That's right. 855-212-4CBS. Coming up, uh, is there more drama coming out of Philadelphia? A.J. Brown trying to clear the air, but just leading to more questions. 855-212-4CBS. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Don't move. Welcome back. Maggie and Perloff. All right, we had to bring in our boss, Spike Eskin, to clear up some things that have been going on over the last weekend. Been a big couple uh, days for you, buddy. Thanks yeah. for coming in. <laughs> Want to go back to just being a manager guy. <laughs> <laughs> that life is gone. Yeah. Spike is going to be leaving us to go take over afternoons at WIP, mm-hmm. your old stomping grounds. And, of course, you are one half of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, which we love. Okay, so here's the thing. We got Eagles. We got 76ers. Let's start with the Eagles. 
So on the station, you used to be the program director. Now you're going to be doing afternoons. Yeah. A.J. Brown, the wide receiver who had a lot of questions swirling about his relationship with Jalen Hurts, calls into the afternoon show. Now you weren't there. I was not. Calls in to defend himself. Yeah. Over things that have been said. What did we learn from that interview? Because I heard him say he's got a good relationship with Jalen Brown, but I don't know how much Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen yeah, Hurts, yeah. excuse me. I don't know how much I believed any of this stuff. Uh that part I don't believe. Yeah. I I do the the one thing that I think we learned definitely is that he is frustrated by all of the negative conversation about him and the Eagles mm-hmm. after the season. He a bunch of times mentioned rumors and that he thought that the local media, that the WIP, you guys, he said, you guys are supposed to be pro-Philly. Mm. You know, what is all of this? I think he doesn't quite understand that there's, there's generally a divide, I think, between athletes understanding how fans and media feel and what their role is. And then to the same extent, I think fans and media don't quite understand the mentality of the athlete. So a lot of times when, when teams lose, fans and media are like, why are you not miserable? You know, you should be more miserable, but it's their job and they need to wake up the next day and not be miserable. And they need, they don't get that. But I think to a lot, to a a larger extent, somebody like AJ Brown doesn't quite understand, especially because he's mostly just been in Philadelphia for positive times, (laughs) Right, is that everybody's super positive when things are going well, but when things aren't going well, it is not the fans or the media's job to just support you and be positive all the time and hope you get better. And I think he quite, he doesn't totally understand that part of it. Why did things go so badly? Mm. See, that's the thing that I wanted to know as someone who's not an Eagle fan, but I want to know what the hell happened. I think that's what everyone wants to know. Right. And and when there is not an answer, and, and it's most likely, I think, that there is not one specific mm. thing that caused it, which yeah. is the difficulty of getting an answer. But A.J. Brown, and I give him credit for calling in for the, the 20 minutes that he called in and the questions that he did actually answer, but I think he didn't talk for three weeks during the season. He just refused to, he didn't want to talk to the media. And then when he did talk, he said that the players, it's not on the coaches, it's on the players. The players need to run the, the plays that mm. the coaches call. It's like, well, wait a minute. What is that? Yeah. So, so when things go poorly and they went poorly to be clear, I know not everyone's an Eagles fan, but the end of the Eagles season, the last seven weeks of the regular season and the playoffs went just about as poorly as any good team in the history of the NFL as far as mm-hmm. I can see. They did not just lose. They didn't not, just not make the playoffs. They got obliterated by the Giants in the final week of the season. They lost to the Arizona Cardinals, who were actively sort of like trying to lose. And then they lost in the first round by, by 20-some points to the Bucks, who also were not very good. Right. And we're talking about a team that was 10-1 and one and a team that was in the Super Bowl last year. People want to know. And as far as Jalen Hurts's relationship which he he wasn't he wasn't super he he did say in that interview i don't want to talk about what's going on with me and jalen publicly Mm -hmm. but we're good well so it's fine that you don't want to talk about it but the only reason that i know that you and jalen hurts have a, a good relationship is because you guys released a video of you guys talking on facetime 
when A.J. Brown got traded to Philadelphia, that famous video of Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown being excited, the only reason I know that you have a good relationship is because of you. The only right. reason that I know that there is a problem between you and Jalen Hurts is because you were fighting with him on the sidelines. And the reason that I know there's a problem with Jalen Hurts is because you won't tell me what the problem was. It's fine if you don't want to talk about it, but you just can't expect, especially in a market like that that is so football-obsessed, that there's going to be issues like that and people aren't going to speculate. And then the final thing is that he, he accused the radio station of starting rumors that they, they don't. Like, the WIP hasn't started any rumors about anything. <laughs> well, Spike Eskin is here with us, and he also accused the radio station of... Um, yeah, I want to hear of, about your role in yes, this. Yes, of, of uh, yeah, because it, saying it got, he was profiting off of WIP because yeah. of a rant that they clipped that you were doing, but right. it was not about AJ Brown. Right. So my role in it is that when I I was down for the Sixers game on Thursday, and I stopped by WIP, and I did about an hour and a half with Jack and Ike, and when I had come in, I had been frustrated with an AJ Brown tweet just criticizing the media but also been frustrated with my own father who works for WIP also criticizing the media. So I went on like a six or seven minute tirade. Yes. And on, your father's Howard Eskin, by the way, right. he's a legendary Philadelphia sports. He's been uh, on WIP for 30 years and he's yes. currently the sideline reporter for the Eagles yes. for WIP. So in that rant, I was talking about both AJ Brown and WIP and, and how, and my father Howard. At one point I said that my father Every car he owns, every Rolex he owns, every house he owns <laughs> coat. Is, is due to, is from WIP. Right. They clipped that, and it. I guess it looked like, I actually haven't even watched the clip, but the... the they filled the, in the blank that you were talking about, AJ, AJ Brown. AJ Brown. <laughs> so then AJ Brown had seen it on Twitter, and then Darius Slay had seen it on Twitter, and they were saying... No, the money is not from WIP. I was actually not even talking about AJ Brown. I was, and the uh, irony is that I was criticizing my own father, <laughs> who, by the way, the things that he has are not are obviously because of his hard work, but all are also because of WIP. So I was just not actually talking about AJ Brown, which is frustrating. I wish he had known that, and I, I again, I don't know what the clip looked like online. Maybe the clip looked like I was talking about A.J. Brown. I, I assume it did. That's why everybody thought that. But if you listen to the podcast, it's pretty clear that I wasn't talking about him in that respect. One thing A.J. Brown said was, we were 10-1, and he said to Ike, but we were not really 10-1. and In the sense, and I, I'm going to take credit, I said that to back up, that was the weakest 10-1, because they were letting sure. up. Sam Howell was throwing for 400 yards easily on them. Like, they were starting to fall apart. Is it possible there's no there there and they're just not a great team? Or does there have to be behind the scenes? Maggie's more there's a behind the scenes drama thing. And I think often she's right. But I also think the personnel was not awesome and the coaching, on, especially on defense, was not awesome this year. When they went to Matt Patricia, that was not good. I think it's fair to say that they were 10 and 1 and maybe they weren't a real 10 and 1. But they also did beat Kansas City. They did beat Buffalo. They also were 10 and 1. Your record is. And what I would say is. I don't know that every rumor that has come out about the Eagles since then is specifically true. What I do know is that someone within the team, whether it be a player, whether it be a coach, whether it be whatever, is making sure that the media has these stories. Mm. So these don't come out over from teams that don't have anything. Right. If, if, it, if there was nothing, nothing would be there. Like there's clearly something in there. I think there's a there's a lot of little things, but there's clearly something that was 
rotten within the within mm. within the clubhouse, I think, or the locker room. Spike Eskin is with us. He's going to be doing afternoons on WIP. He's our boss now for a little bit longer and also hosts the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. We have started a new segment around here mm. dedicated to Doc Rivers. The spin doctor yeah. is what we're calling him. He's the best. Here's the latest <laughs> on Doc Rivers uh, on how the Sixers blew the Celtics series last year. They were better? Could that be a possibility? Uh, maybe they were better? Could that be a possibility? You know, uh, that's probably why you picked them, right? You know, so that's one reason. Doc went on to say Joel Embiid should have had the ball more, especially in game <laughs> six. I thought game six was our game. I, I didn't think we, uh, I didn't think Joel got the ball enough. And, and trust me, it was for him to get it. And, and he didn't get it. Um, I don't know how healthy he was. <laughs> Why would the head coach of the basketball team know how healthy Embiid was? <laughs> how, how, how could he possibly be expected? And as well, he did everything there. He shirked blame. Mm-hmm. He blamed somebody mm-hmm. else. But he threw one of his players under the bus. In that case, it was Embiid. And then he blamed the media for not picking the Sixers. Well, you didn't pick him. We shouldn't have won anyway. Mm-hmm. He is. You also didn't get where he said that he hasn't even thought about it at all. Since last year. <laughs> Just has a impassioned defense or checks a lot of boxes about he what went wrong. He is such an idiot. He is, the he, honestly, from an ego perspective, I have never, and there's a lot of coaches with a lot of egos. There's no one like Doc Rivers. He is. I hope he coaches for the rest of time, how just you, so we can get the press conferences from him. How do you feel about him knowing that Tyrese Halliburton was going to be an MVP candidate and not trading for him? Was that a sound strategy? <laughs> right, right. As well, and he knew that Shea Gilgis Alexander was going to be amazing, and he tried to tell that uh, Kawhi Leonard not not to trade Shea Gilgis Alexander. It's just nobody would listen to poor Doc. Yeah. Well, as Perloff said, he also tried to warn the Blazers that you really should have taken Michael Jordan. Yeah, back that was then Doc knew. it was not a good idea to take Sam Bowie. He was just going to. Get hurt, but here's the, here. I have a fear. The Bucks look pretty good now. W- what if they win again? Are we still going to be able to do this fun segment? Oh, win a keeping, title? We're keeping. Well, we're keeping I don't know. They look forever. really good on Sunday. There is no <laughs> chance they will win a title. None. They got Damian Lillard and Giannis. No chance. Listen, Spike, what are you doing later? Like running up the steps at the art museum? Yeah. <laughs> you're doing everything Philly. You're ringing the bell. You're in the middle Wait. of an A.J. Brown brouhaha. Now you're Trashing Doc, Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers an idiot. Yeah. Here's the well question. Done, what, sir. what can we cut, Maggie, to get Spike out of context and get him in trouble? <laughs> Please. New segment. Well, yeah, once in a week is enough. Spike, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Like Hold later, but just right after the show, probably. because <laughs> yes, you're yeah. a boss. We'll yeah. see you right see after. See you guys later. Yeah. Uh, okay, coming up. One Duke player gets injured, and now you want to ban court storming forever? What has happened to us? We'll get it to that. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 